The Productive Woman, Episode 108. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast dedicated to productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. I am so thankful that you've joined me today. In this episode, we're going to talk about some indispensable attitudes every productive woman and man needs. You'll find links and additional information in the show notes for this episode, which is located at theproductivewoman.com slash 108. Let's get right into it. A few weeks ago, we talked about where we are on the introversion or extroversion scale affects our productivity. And I mentioned at the end of that episode that that's one factor, only one factor in our productivity style and our productivity capabilities, and that we would be looking at some other factors in future episodes. This time, I want to talk about some attitudes that can have a major impact on our productivity. Productivity is as much about mindset as it is about tools and techniques, and, and you know, maybe more so. I'm going to share a few thoughts that I had, a little bit of research that I did. These are not in any particular order. They're just in the order that I thought of them when I was brainstorming thoughts for this episode. That being said, though, I think the first one on the list probably is the first one to work on. The first productive attitude uh, that I want to talk about is awareness. I really think that the first step to any kind of growth or progress is awareness of where you are right now. I read an article on a website called Pick the Brain that talked about awareness of three particular things. First of all, the awareness of time. So how are you spending your time? How long does it take you to do the things you do? Are you using your time wisely to move yourself in the direction that you really want to go? Or are you, and I'm using air quotes here, wasting time doing things that don't matter for reasons that you haven't really thought about? One tip would be for promoting the awareness of your time is to consider time tracking for a few days. And I'll try to remember to put a link in the show notes to a form you can use to just kind of make notes of what you do throughout the day for say a week or so, get a sense of how much time you spend doing the different things that you do, whether it's work or leisure or relationship stuff, whatever, but just being aware of what you're doing, how you're spending your time, how much time it takes you to do things. The second thing that this particular article, and I will put a link for this article in the show notes, it's worth reading. The second thing that it talked about being aware of is awareness of tasks. So what are you actually doing each day? Are you being productive or are you just busy? Do you act on autopilot or are you present in the moment while you're doing the things you do. So it's kind of the awareness of tasks in my mind, not so much what they say just in the article, but as I thought about it, really falls into two categories, being aware of what you're actually doing throughout the day and that time tracking will help with that. But the other thing is being aware of what you're doing while you're doing it, being there and aware and present. 
And then the third thing that the article talked about is awareness of results. And to me, this is really important. I mean, your life, my life, is the result of the things I do. Your life is the result of the things that you do, the actions you take or you don't take. And so how do you feel about the results your actions are bringing? Uh, Have you thought about it? Are you looking at the results in your life, the results of your activity, the things you're doing, the things you're not doing? Are the things you're doing giving you the results that you want? If not, are you willing to change your actions to get the results that you want? This is something that I've been thinking about. You know, we'll talk more about this later. I mean, life doesn't just happen to us. It really is the result of the choices we make and the actions that we take. And I've been thinking about it a lot in various areas. But one simple example of this is, you know, your weight. And this isn't a weight loss show, but a lot of us have goals related to our health and our fitness and our weight and that sort of thing. And are the activities you're taking physically, and whether exercise, the food you're eating and that sort of thing, are they bringing the results you want in your physical well-being? And if not, are you willing to change those? For me, an example is, I mean, (laughs) I love ice cream. I've been on a kick over the summer with the Bluebell, um, Bluebell, Blue Bunny, anyway, um, the, the mint chocolate chip ice cream. Love it, could just sit and eat myself sick on it. I don't like the results I get when I do that, though. And the older I get, the harder it is for me to lose weight, the easier it is to gain. And so if I want a different result, I mean, if I gain weight, it didn't just happen. There is a reason for it. And usually it's an action I took, uh, and the action probably has something to do with a fork in my mouth. And so if I want a different result, I have to be willing to change my actions. And the first step in all of that is being aware and really being being aware of the fact that your results are coming from your actions. So awareness of your time, awareness of the tasks that you're doing, awareness of results. Those are the things that they talk about in this article on the pickthebrain.com website. But I would add another key thing to be aware of is awareness of yourself. Who are you really? How do you really feel? What do you really want? We talk about those sorts of things, but are we really fully aware? It's interesting to watch and have conversations with people who think of themselves in a certain way, and the observation of the people around them is that they're not like that at all. We can be incredibly unaware. I have said in the past, one philosophy I guess I have of humanity is is what defines us as a species, what differentiates us from the animals is the human being's endless capacity for self-deception. We are able to persuade ourselves of things that aren't true. Nowhere is that more true than in the facts about ourselves. We can be very self-deceived in who we are. And in order to be truly productive, to make a life that matters, to order our lives in such a way as to maximize our positive impact on the world, we have to have taken the time and exerted the effort to be truly aware of who we are, how we're really feeling in the moment. 
and what we really want. There was an interesting article, a pretty short article on the importance of self-awareness on the Money Mini blog, and I'll put a link to that in the show notes, with suggestions of things that it would be important to know about yourself. Really worth looking at that and thinking about those things. Awareness of lots of things, but being aware is really truly the first step to growing or progressing in any area of our lives. A version of this might be, you know, I mean, awareness could be thought of as attentiveness, being attentive to the world around you and to the feelings that you're feeling and to your circumstances. Um, a, a, A version of this would be what people talk about as mindfulness. You know, what does that mean? What are the nuances between awareness and mindfulness? You can look at it a lot of different ways, but the definitions that I read seem to point to mindfulness as being more of a a non-judgmental observation of a situation or of ourself, of being present without passing judgment, but just observing. And there's real value in this in becoming productive women and men, but productive human beings. So I want to give a to-do, I guess, for each of these attitudes that I'm going to talk about in this episode. The to-do that I would suggest for improving your awareness would be to consider journaling as a means of becoming more aware. And I'm not talking about, you know, writing pages and pages, but spending a few minutes each day, maybe just answering a couple of simple questions. What did I do today? And how did I feel today? Become aware of those two things, paying attention to what you're doing with your time, paying attention to the emotions that you're feeling, both about what you did and and just in general. Why does that matter? Because emotions drive our actions. Everything we do is because of an emotion, either because of an emotion we're feeling or because of an emotion we want to feel. We do what we do because of how we think we're going to feel if we accomplish a certain thing. So because our emotions drive our actions, our self-talk really matters. And becoming aware of that can be really important. So consider doing that, starting a journal, just to you know ask yourself those two questions. Maybe have two sections in your journal page. What did I do today? Just a quick bullet point list of the activities, the thing, major things that you did that day. And second part, how did I feel today? What, what emotions did I experience? And maybe a little bit of what was I thinking when I was feeling that way? And the purpose of this is not to change anything at this point or to judge yourself, but just to learn to observe, kind of like a scientist, gathering information that you can you know, assemble and later use to make choices about how to make your life more in line with your values, how to improve your life. So the first step, the first productive attitude that we've talked about then is awareness. The second one is intentionality. This is something I've thought about so much this year. The dictionary definition of intentional is done in a way that is planned or intended. And you know me, I'm a lawyer, and so words matter. That's always my first stop is what what do the words mean? From that same online dictionary, and it was the merriamwebster.com online dictionary, it also talked about synonyms for intentionality or intentional. Uh, And some of the synonyms are voluntary, deliberate, 
willing, meaning done or, or brought about of one's own will. Voluntary implies freedom of choice or action without compulsion from an external source. I thought this was good. Intentional stresses an awareness, there we are with that word again, an awareness of an end to be achieved. And deliberate implies full consciousness of the nature of one's act and its consequences. So intentionality is about having and knowing the why behind what you do. And I loved this quote I read in an article called, What Does It Mean to Live Intentionally? Where this writer said, intentional living is about knowing why you do what you do and why you don't do what you don't do. And the writer goes on to say, living intentionally doesn't have anything to do with the specific choices you're making at all. Writer, I think it was a woman was saying, you know, we have these ideas of what it means to live intentionally. People that are into that, it's kind of a thing about intentional living. And a lot of times, as she says in this article, people think it means it's all about being organized and choosing to serve our families only real food and eliminating TV and drinking fair trade coffee. But she says, honestly, you can make these choices just to fit in with the cool crowd and miss the point entirely. And then she continues on. She says, I would argue that you can live intentionally and eat fast food, watch cable TV, and collect knickknacks like there's no tomorrow. Whether your family does Santa Claus or not, sends your kids to public or private schools, eats McDonald's or watches cable TV is not the point. It's about thinking through each of those decisions, considering their consequences, and making your decisions with your eyes wide open. And then this point, I mean, this is exactly how I think about it. And I'm quoting again from the article. This writer says, living intentionally means defining your values and making choices that reflect those values. When I'm talking about intentionality as an attitude that's necessary for a productive life, she, she just nailed it on the head. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Having defined values, having thought through what matters to you, what's important to you for yourself, for your family, for wherever you fit in the world, and then making choices on purpose that reflect those values. Now, the opposite of living with intention is just to drift through life. But if a productive woman is one who orders her life in such a way as to maximize her positive impact on the world around her, that by definition requires intention. It requires purpose. We choose to live. We decide how we want to live. We're living on purpose, with purpose. Now, I always hesitate when I talk about this because that doesn't mean filling every moment with work and activity. It actually could mean exactly the opposite. The point is that every activity, including inactivity, should be intentional. It should be targeted toward a goal or a guiding principle that you've chosen for yourself on purpose. And so as an example, I mean, time lying on the couch watching a movie with your husband or kids 
could be an intentional activity. It could be purposeful relaxation and time spent together. Choosing to go for a walk outside or sit in the backyard and read, you know, a fashion magazine or a novel, that could be an intentional act because you have chosen, because it's, if it's consistent with a value that you have for time and space in your life to think and relax. So it's not about filling up every second, but it's about making conscious, purposeful choices instead of letting life just happen to you. Another great way to look at it uh, came from a quote I saw in another article, and this was on the NoOrdinaryHomestead.com website. Here's what this writer said. Intentional living is living a life with a vision. You set the course for your own life, setting your own direction in the way that you want your life to be. It is a desire that comes from within you or from factors and circumstances that resonate with what you believe in. It is becoming more conscious, there we're back on that awareness thing, and being able to navigate your life along the path that you have set for yourself. I thought that was so well said. It's about intention. It's about purpose. It's about not letting life just happen around you and sort of flowing along with it but knowing that what you're doing has a reason and a meaning and a purpose. To make progress, we need to set goals, but those goals should be intentional as well. They should be chosen by you, for you, not to meet somebody else's expectations of who you should be or who you think they think you should be. And your short-term goals should be moving you in an intentional direction. What kind of life do you want to have for yourself and for your family if you have, you know, people that you live with and care about? And I've talked about this in the past, the whole thing about, you know, setting long-term goals or having a vision for your life and then small goals that move you in that direction. But it's really important to remember that, that the short-term goals you're setting for yourself or this week, this month, today, whatever, should be moving you in an intentional direction towards something you're trying to accomplish. I mean, you know, on a real practical, simple level, I could set a goal to drive to San Antonio tomorrow. But if my long-term objective is to be in Boston, then I'm heading in the wrong direction. So, you know, it's all about intentionality, thinking about it, having a purpose. And so that's, to me, the second attitude, component, however you want to characterize it, that's necessary for living a truly productive life. So the to-do for intentionality is pretty simple, but it will take some reminding of yourself. Just for the next week or so, before you take an action, whatever it may be, Pause and close your eyes and tell yourself why you're doing it. And it can be something as simple as, uh, you know, before you do the laundry, you know, pause, close your eyes and say, I'm doing this laundry because I want my family to be healthy and happy and have, you know, have clean clothes to wear so they can feel comfortable and confident going out into the world or whatever your purpose is. But the, the bigger picture, I guess, um, you know, before you drive off to the grocery store or to a meeting, pause for a moment and remind yourself the why you're going to that meeting why you're going to the grocery store, why you're going to jog, why you're 
sitting down to write a blog post or a, you know, a book chapter, but just for the next week or so, spend some time do, doing that on purpose. And, and then when you have reminded yourself of the intention, the why behind this action that you're going to do, keep that, hold that why in your mind while you're doing it and be intentional about it. So we've got awareness, we have intentionality, and then the third one that came to mind as I was thinking about this is compassion. I really do believe that compassion is a necessary attitude for us to cultivate in order to live a truly productive life. Again, I went to the dictionary and to look at what compassion means. It was defined in the, in the Merriam-Webster online dictionary as sympathetic pity and concern for the sufferings or misfortunes of others and as a feeling of wanting to help someone who is sick, hungry, in trouble, etc. Another definition on a Berkeley University um, website said compassion literally means to suffer together. And among emotion researchers, it's defined as the feeling that arises when you are confronted with another person's suffering and feel motivated to relieve that suffering. That's kind of the difference between sympathy and compassion. Compassion motivates you to do something about it. So why is compassion an essential attitude for productivity? It is a profoundly human emotion with really important consequences. And I, as I researched this, I was actually kind of surprised at all the, um, all the research, all the studies that have been done about this. Uh, so there are a couple of consequences an attitude of compassion can have on our productivity. First of all, it's impact on the other people that we work with, the physiology of it. One article that I read pointed out that in the business world, for instance, studies have shown that there is what they're calling an epidemic of workplace stress, anxiety, and depression that costs American businesses between 200 billion and 300 billion, that's billion with a B, dollars each year in lost productivity, medical bills, and so on. This was a study cited in a Newsweek article. And scientists have been actually studying a link between compassion and productivity. And they find, here's the physiology of it, our bodies respond to positive social interactions at work in what they called surprisingly robust ways, lower blood pressure and heart rate, a boosted immune system, and heightened optimal hormone levels. This again was from that Newsweek article. I thought that was amazing. So when we feel compassion, we have an attitude of compassion and we act on it. We let that motivate us to do something. Um, it actually has an impact on the other people we're around. In addition, a consequence of compassion is its impact on us. I thought this was fascinating. According to the studies cited in that Newsweek article, helping others, so acting out of compassion, stimulates the reward centers in our brain. It lights up the same areas of our brain as when we receive money or food. I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, Emma Sipala, PhD, she's the science director for Stanford University's Center for Compassion and Altruism Research. Just the fact that that exists, I thought was fascinating. But she has said, the best kept secret to happiness is to be of service to others. So being kind and compassionate toward other people 
does good things for us. It motivates us. It helps us be healthier and happier. And that cannot help but help us be more productive. Dr. Sipala has written a book called The Happiness Track, How to Apply the Science of Happiness to Accelerate Your Success. I've added that to my to-be-read list. It just looked fascinating. And uh, there's also an article she wrote on the best kept secrets to exceptional productivity on her website. I'll put a link in the show notes, but definitely worth checking out. So compassion toward others is important for lots of reasons, okay? But we're talking about productivity here. It's important for us to be more productive, to be compassionate toward others. They benefit, we benefit. It's great all the way around. But also compassion toward ourselves, You know, some of the benefits or the results of compassion in interpersonal relationships are it builds loyalty and commitment, it builds trust, it increases happiness. And all of these are true of self-compassion as well. We need to learn to have our own back when things go wrong. When you make mistakes, you need to know you're going to be there for yourself. If you beat yourself up, when you mess up, why would you ever try again? Do you see how that can impact our productivity? Why are we going to try if in failing, we then beat ourselves up over it? Sure, we've got to learn from our mistakes and we can analyze those. But if you are compassionate toward yourself, you will be happier. And there is science to back this up. There's an article that I'll put a link in the show notes. And again, that's at theproductivewoman.com slash 108. An article about a Stanford scientist who proves that compassion leads to success. Okay? So if you are compassionate toward yourself, you will be happier and happier people are more productive and more successful. There's research cited in a book called Self-Compassion. This was written by Kristen Neff, PhD. That research finds that people who are more self-compassionate lead healthier, more productive lives than highly self-critical people. Self-compassion provides feelings of security and self-worth, and people who feel secure and worthy are more productive. So... The studies show that when things go wrong, we tend to be more critical of ourselves than anyone else is, that more critical than we would be of anybody else, more critical than other people are going to be of us. We have this kind of perverse, some of us, not all of us, but I, you know, I'm one of these. This was so enlightening for me that this tendency to use critical self-talk to motivate ourselves, you know, the, well, hey, dummy, that was really stupid. You can do better than that. Come on, go for it. But the studies and and honestly, personal experience show that that kind of critical self-talk is counterproductive. Again, if we're going to beat ourselves up when we make mistakes, why would we ever try again? Why would we ever put ourselves out there and, and do something outside our comfort zone? There are some really great thoughts on the link between self-compassion and the ability to maintain healthy habits in an article called Can More Self-Compassion Improve Your Health and Productivity? This one was written by a certified wellness coach. So if you're having trouble with your physical or weight loss goals, this might be worth checking out and I'll have a link in the show notes. Learning self-compassion is crucial for our ability to move forward and continue to pursue our goals. The Newsweek article I talked about earlier cited a University of California at Berkeley study that found, and I'm quoting here, students who were reminded to be self-compassionate after failing a test were motivated to work harder than those who were not. 
So self-criticism actually keeps us from reaching our goals. Failure is not what discourages us from trying. It's what we make failure mean, what we do to ourselves when we fail. And this is what I've talked about, you know, I've mentioned before. There was a study a few years ago that found, and I'm quoting here, people prone to procrastination had lower levels of self-compassion and higher levels of stress. Further analysis revealed that procrastination might increase levels of stress, particularly among people low in self-compassion. So if you have trouble with procrastinating, become aware, (laughs) you know, as we've talked already about, it might do you well to become aware if you are criticizing yourself or able to exercise compassion towards yourself. There was a great infographic on the benefits of self-compassion that was shared by Dr. Sapala, who I talked about earlier, on her website, and I'll put the link in the show notes. So compassion toward others, compassion for yourself, key attitude for a productive life. The to-do here is, well, next time something goes wrong, say you fail to achieve a goal or you feel like you didn't do something as well as you should, practice exercising self-compassion. Write yourself a letter showing compassion to yourself. Talk to yourself like you would talk to a dear friend who was in that same situation. And uh, let me know how that goes. I'd love to hear in the comments or on the Facebook page if you tried this and how it worked for you. Two more uh, attitudes that I want to talk about, and I'm I'm trying to kind of speed through these so I don't keep you here too long. So we've got awareness, we've got intentionality, we've got compassion, and number four is what I called self-determination. I don't know if that's the right word for it, but that's the phrase that came to me as I was trying to articulate this. Here's what I'm getting at. If we believe, whether consciously or unconsciously, that life is something that happens to us rather than something we create, then we're not likely to be very productive. We're very unlikely to be truly productive because that creates an attitude of passive resignation that results in inactivity as we look outside ourselves for the cause of everything in our life that we don't like. Choosing not to choose is still a choice, but if we are sitting, you know, in our life thinking things just happen to us rather than having the power within ourselves to create the life we want, then we're not going to be productive either probably in the sense of getting important stuff done or valid, valuable stuff done, but also in the sense that we talk about it on the show of, of making a life that matters. The truth is that the life we live right now The life I live today, the life you are living today, it's the result of the actions we've taken and the choices that we've made. It has not just happened to us and nobody did it to us. In every circumstance, if we are an adult, the life we have, the situation we are in, the life we're experiencing is the result of our actions and our choices. Now that might seem kind of harsh, and it might seem kind of discouraging, but in reality, it's, it's really very good news. And, and this is how I think about it. If my choices and my actions brought me to where I am today, then I can make different choices and take different actions to take me somewhere else. If I don't like where I am now, I can choose to go somewhere else by what I do 
and what choices I make. And again, it's not what happens outside us or to us that makes a difference in our productivity and our life in any way. It's how we react to it. It's what we make it mean, how we choose to think about it. And I got to say, I wish I had learned this truth many years ago. I have often found myself feeling, you know, kind of having a pity party or just feeling like I had no options, feeling like things had happened to me that I had no choice about and no, you know, no choice in the outcome. But when we understand the truth that our life is the result of our actions and that our actions are motivated by our emotions and that our emotions are the result, not of what other people do or what happens to us, but our own thoughts, this is life-changing You can't control other people and you can't control what happens to you, but you can always control your own thoughts. And in doing that, in choosing what to think about and how to think about it, you control your emotions. You are no longer at the mercy of emotions that just happened to you, which is what I thought for most of my life, but you can control your emotions by what you choose to think about and how you choose to think about it. And if you control your emotions, you therefore will control your actions and therefore the results in your life. It is just that simple and just that incredibly hard. It takes practice. I will confess it's something I'm working on every day to remember that my life as an adult is the result of every choice I make, conscious or unconscious. And that's why it goes back to learning to be more aware when I'm making a choice and intentional about making choices that take me in the direction I want to go. I am working every day in choosing to monitor my own thinking and to teach myself a little at a time to focus my thinking on things that create positive emotions that will drive me to actions that cause the results and the life I want for myself. And I would encourage you to consider the same thing. One article that I read said it so well, and I'm quoting here, if we want to change our lives for the better, we need to start with ourselves. And the first step is by controlling our thoughts. So learning to believe that you create your own life, self-determination, that you can, not just can, you do create the life you're living. That is, in my opinion, a key to true productivity. So the to-do for this, this one is for the next week or so, watch how often you find yourself blaming some outside circumstance or person for something in your life that you don't like. And notice how actually it is your own choice that creates the result that you're not liking. And then the second piece of that is spend some time combining awareness and intentionality to create that self-determination. Consider for yourself this, what is something you want most to experience or accomplish? And I don't mean something you think you should want, but what you really do want. What do you need to do to get from here to there to make that happen? And make a choice today to take a step in that direction. So we've got awareness, we've got intentionality, we've got compassion, and we've got self-determination. And the fifth and final attitude that I wanted to talk about today as being indispensable for a productive life, you've heard me talk about this one before, but it really is crucial, and that's gratitude. 
So what is gratitude? It's defined in in my handy-dandy dictionary as a feeling or attitude and acknowledgement of a benefit that one has received or will receive, also defined as the quality of being thankful, readiness to show appreciation for and to return kindness. I thought this was interesting. One one article that I read, and again, I'll put the links in the show notes for all these articles. Uh, gratitude is a function of attention. So this ties back to our first productive attitude of awareness, paying attention to the world around you. So how does gratitude relate to productivity? It's real simple. There's so much science around this. Grateful people are happier and happier people are more productive. There really is a science to this. There was an Inc.com article that said, all the science shows that I'm quoting here, giving and receiving thanks increases the release of dopamine, which therefore raises your energy. Dopamine uh, plays a critical role in the function of the central nervous system, and it's also linked with the brain's complex system of motivation and reward. There's a long-term project that was done on gratitude and its effects and its potential for improving the quality of life. And this was done by researchers from the University of California and the University of Miami, and they discovered several really interesting things. One of them was that participants in the study who kept gratitude lists were more likely to have made progress toward important personal goals over a two-month period compared to subjects in the other experimental conditions. You can check out an article from the Center for Productivity at the centerforproductivity.com website, but I'll have the link for the specific article that talked about this same study and shared some more eye-opening results from it. There's also a great article that has graphics and a discussion of the many, many, many benefits of maintaining an attitude of gratitude, and you'll definitely want to check that out. One of the things that they say, almost every expert that I read recommends keeping a gratitude journal. It always comes back to that. One even cited some studies from several of the United States' most prestigious universities that support the benefits of keeping a gratitude journal um, from Yale, from Stanford, from Harvard, and from UC Berkeley. The Yale study says that keeping a gratitude journal will result in higher alertness, enthusiasm, determination, attentiveness, there's that awareness thing again, and energy. Harvard studies showed that gratitude improves health and strengthens relationships. And the UC Berkeley research showed that a gratitude journal can improve sleep and decrease illness. And also research done at Columbia that says that gratitude and a journal improves the immune system while reducing anxiety or depression. I think one of the reasons that keeping a gratitude journal helps is it puts you in the habit of looking for things to be grateful for, for no other reason than so you have something to write in your journal. And that makes me think of something my friend Lee once said on Facebook, and this was a year ago, but I liked it so much that I wrote it down on a sticky note, and I, to this day, still have it on my computer. And it was a very simple statement. If you look for the good, you'll find it. Because of the way our minds work... Again, lots of science here. We will easily see what we're looking for in the world. So if you look for evidence that the world sucks, if that's the attitude and the mindset you have, you're going to find that evidence. But if you look for things to be grateful for, you will find them and you'll become more productive as a result. There are some other things you can do to develop that uh, 
essential productivity attitude of gratitude. One writer suggested some little, very small gratitude practices, uh, like when you're at a stoplight, take a moment to look around for something that brings joy to you, a beautiful sunset, pretty flower display, group of happy kids, something like that, and let yourself feel that gratitude. Another suggestion was to say thank you to people like a store clerk, a mail carrier, people like that. But look them in the eye and say thank you and add a sentence to it, um, you know, to make it sincere. I want to kind of wrap with this. This was from a Lifehack article called 20 Ways Gratitude Improves Productivity. Very much worth looking at. They have a a list of 20 ways that uh, gratitude can make you more productive. But I wanted to share this, and I'm quoting, gratitude puts us in more positive relationship to life and others around us. It separates our attitude from our circumstances so that our current reality does not drag us down. Gratitude is a way of being that lets us participate fully in life without concern for rewards and status. It gets our ego out of the way. It lets us give what we can, knowing that we are one of many so that we do not have to carry the burdens of the world on our shoulders. Really like that article. Definitely we're checking it out. Look for it in the show notes on the website at theproductivewoman.com slash 108. There's another article I'll put in there from a medical blog called Five Reasons Gratitude is good for you and had some really good stuff in there. So the to-do for the gratitude, productive attitude, you know, what what am I going to say? I've suggested this before and all these experts recommend it. Start a gratitude journal in your notebook, on your computer, in Evernote, a bullet journal, big piece of paper on your refrigerator so everybody can see it wherever you want to put it. But make a point of every day, write down at least one thing or two or three that you're grateful for. And they can be anything from small things like a sunrise, a convenient parking space, a kind word from a stranger, to the huge things, maybe an accident that was averted, a life that was saved, a new job, whatever. But start that as a practice this week. So awareness, intentionality, compassion, uh, self-determination, and gratitude. These are five attitudes that came to my mind as being absolutely essential for a truly productive life. And we'll continue in coming episodes to talk about some of the various elements and components of a productive life. But what do you think? Did I miss something that you think is essential? What would you add as an absolutely essential attitude to have in your toolbox toward making a productive life. I would love to hear from you. As always, there are several ways you can share feedback on this episode and share your ideas. You can share your thoughts or questions in the comment section for this episode in the show notes at theproductivewoman.com slash 108. Or you can go to the Facebook page or the Facebook community group, and I'll talk about that in a second, and get a conversation going. If you'd like to share your thoughts with me privately, I'd love to hear them. You can email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com, and I'd love to hear from you. If you want to leave a voice message, you can click the button on the website or the Facebook page and uh, let me know if, if it's okay with you. I'd be happy to share that feedback in a coming episode, either 
with your name or without it. I'll leave that to you. If you haven't already done so, please do join us in the new Productive Woman Community Facebook group. This is a private group where we can meet up and interact and talk about productivity. I'm loving the conversations. People are coming in there with questions about uh, something that's going on at the job or a tool that they're trying to figure out productivity tool and folks are jumping in and having really good conversations. I'd love to have you there. So uh, if you visit, I think it's theproductivewoman.com slash group and click the join button there, I will, as soon as I see it, let you in. If you thought this was a good episode, if you like The Productive Woman and you think it's a value, I would appreciate your help in spreading the word. You can tell a friend. I get the best uh, recommendations of podcasts from my friends. So if you know someone who would enjoy the show, tell her or him about it. Show them how to subscribe in iTunes or Stitcher or wherever or how to find the website. You can also share episodes using the social sharing buttons that are on the website for each episode. If you like this one, for instance, there are buttons there that'll let you share this episode to your Facebook page or your Twitter account or Pinterest or any number of things. And of course, I would love it if you haven't already done so, if you'd consider leaving a review in iTunes or in Stitcher, wherever you listen to the podcast, it helps me to see the feedback and know if I'm on track, but it also helps other people find it. And to that end, I'd like to say a special thank you to Jandrade CH from the United States, who recently left a really nice review uh, in Stitcher. This is what Jandrade CH from the United States says. I found the TPW podcast a week ago and I'm working my way through the episodes. I love it so far. Laura's very down to earth. All she has going on, it's clear she knows how to be productive. There's also a Facebook community. Uh, She says, uh, she, well, I assume it's a she. I took a chance and posted a question there. And within the day, I had a few responses, including from Laura herself. I couldn't ask for more. Check it out. This evening, I went for a run just so I had an excuse to listen to the productive woman. So thank you, Jandrade CH. That was really, uh, I appreciated hearing that. All right. So that's it for this episode of The Productive Woman. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. I don't take it for granted. I appreciate the time you take to be with me. I hope that I've given you something worthwhile. I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.